Well, let's pray as we turn to God's word. Father in heaven, with you is the light of life. And your word tells us about that life and about you and about your purpose and your plan for us. And so we pray now that as we concentrate on your word and what you have to say to us, that our hearts would be open to receive the light of life and your purpose. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, we're looking on these Sunday mornings at the ultimate Christmas wish list. And we're going through or using it, the, uh, this book as an outline uh, for our various uh, sermon titles. We're asking the question, what do you really want for Christmas? It's often hard to know, isn't it, when someone says, well, what do you want for Christmas? Uh, that, that's, that's difficult to know. Uh, we can end up saying things that we think would be rather nice for us. But actually, we do not want enough. We settle for presents that will fade, break, rust, or be stolen. When God offers us treasure that begins now and will last forever. For God offers us more than we ask or even imagine. And here's four gifts that God could give us. Hope, peace, purpose, and confidence. Last week, we thought about the gift of hope and also the gift of peace. This morning, we think about the gift of purpose, and tonight at 6.30, the gift of confidence. So let's think. God can give us the gift of purpose, which is a great thing, because so many of us can seem so purposeless. It can be the same thing in our lives, day by day by day by day by day. The same routine happens, the same timetable, the same meetings, the same route to work, the same train, the same bus, the same car, the same old England. Same troubles, same problems, same difficulties, same everything. Life can seem just routine, meaningless, purposeless. I'm going to Florida, I'm going to Maine. No matter where I roam, everything's the same. I can sketch out a plan, change my name. No matter where I roam, everything's the same. And we can wonder, well, what's life all about? What am I doing with it? And what am I living for? What's my purpose in life beyond just living? So there is a search for purpose. And in the book of Ecclesiastes in the Old Testament, you see one man's search for purpose. Uh, the book of Ecclesiastes is kind of his journal of his findings as he's searching for this purpose. He begins in Ecclesiastes to say uh, exactly how he came across this sense of purposelessness. He says in Ecclesiastes chapter 1, verse 1, The words of the teacher, son of David, king in Jerusalem, meaningless, Meaningless, says the teacher, utterly meaningless. Everything is meaningless. What do people gain from all their labors at which they toil under the sun? Generations come, generations go, but the earth remains forever. 
The sun rises and the sun sets and hurries back to where it rises. The wind blows to the south and turns to the north. Round and round it goes, ever returning on its course. All the streams flow into the sea, yet the sea is never full. To the place the streams come from, there they return again. All things are wearisome, more than one can say. The eye never has enough of seeing, nor the ear its fill of hearing. What has been will be again, and what has been done will be done again. There is nothing new under the sun. No one remembers the former generations, and even those yet to come will not be remembered by those who follow them. Life is meaningless. It's quite a depressing read, isn't it? But here's what this man found in his search for purpose, his search for meaning. He's simply looking at things that go round and round and round and round as if there's no change and no meaning. The sun rises, the wind blows, rain falls, streams flow, England lose. On and on it goes every year, <laughs> every day. Generations come, generations go. And he says there's no remembrance of previous generations. Okay, we might remember the heroes of history. We build statues for those heroes. We have buildings named after heroes. We have roads named after heroes. But it's just a few thousand really, isn't it? What about the everyday people? What about people like us? Will anyone remember us in future generations? I know my mum's name. I know my grandmother's name. But can I remember my great-grandmother's name? And my great-great-grandmother's name? I don't know her name. It's quite a sobering and a little bit upsetting thought as well, isn't it, to think that my grandchildren's children would not remember my name. Is there any purpose to life? Any purpose to what we do? That's what this man was asking. He says, life seems so purposeless. So he tried various things to find purpose. And in Ecclesiastes chapter 2, he continues his journey, his journal, and he tells us the things that he tried to find purpose. I said to myself, come now. I will test you with pleasure to find out what is good. But that also proved to be meaningless. Laughter, I said, is madness. And what does pleasure accomplish? I tried cheering myself with wine and embracing folly, my mind still guiding me with wisdom. I wanted to see what was good for people to do under the heavens during the few days of their lives. I undertook great projects. I built houses for myself. I planted vineyards, I made gardens and parks and planted all kinds of fruit trees in them. I made reservoirs to water groves of flourishing trees. I brought male and female slaves and had other slaves who were born in my house. I also owned more herds and flocks than anyone else in Jerusalem before me. I amassed silver and gold for myself and the treasure of kings and provinces. I acquired male and female singers, and also a harem as well, the delights of a man's heart. I denied myself nothing my eyes desired. I refused my heart no pleasure. My heart took delight. And yet, 
when I surveyed all that my hands had done and what I had toiled to achieve, everything was meaningless, a chasing after the wind. Well, he really went to town, didn't he? <laughs> Trying to find purpose in pleasure. The very best of wines, building houses, business ventures, brought slaves to do his chores, owned huge amounts of possessions, and uh, he didn't just want Spotify played through his Alexa. He actually had uh, living male and female singers in his house and as many women as he wanted. But he says, that's all purposeless. I couldn't find any purpose in any of this pleasure. That speaks to our pleasure-hungry world, doesn't it? There's still a purposelessness about people. So he said, okay, well, I tried working harder. I'm going to give myself to the office. I'm going to work hours and hours on end. And in chapter 2, 17 to 23, I shan't read that because it's far too depressing. But he still found no purpose. No purpose in life at all. And he leaves his journal for us to read. But it gives us big questions. What is the purpose of life? Again, is there any purpose just beyond living? Is there a real reason for existence? Purposelessness. A thousand years after Solomon wrote Ecclesiastes, there were some shepherds out in the fields around Bethlehem. I wonder if they thought, do I have any purpose? Uh, let's read about them in our next verse. Luke chapter 2, verse 8. The search for purpose goes on. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flock at night. Well, this was their job. Night by night, by night by night, by night by night, the same thing. Guarding the sheep, watching out for robbers or predators or Wild animals, night by night, by night, by night, the same routine, doing exactly the same thing, shepherds. Now, we don't know how many shepherds there were. It simply says shepherds. We know there was more than one because it's in the plural, so there might have been two. Or there might have been more. Sometimes we, uh, we say, we imagine this like, whole gang of shepherds, don't we, bursting into the stable. Uh, that, that's good for nativity place. We can have as many children as possible to be shepherds, but we don't know how many there were. Let's say there were three. So it's kind of rival the wise men. So you've got three kings who can spend months chasing stars and three poor shepherds working hard every night. Equality. Three. Might have been four or five. We don't know. There were shepherds. What were they talking about? Night by night by night by night. As long hours during the night, night duty can go on and on and on. What were they talking about? They dare not count the sheep. Every night, what were they talking about? Their families, their neighbors, the rumors going around the country, conspiracy theories about the latest vaccinations, news, the occupying Romans, the racing odds in the chariot race in Rome, the chances of Bethlehem United staying up this year. What were they talking about? Maybe they were wondering what their purpose in life was. 
or, or they could see that their work was worthwhile because uh, sheep are multi-purpose animals. They're raised for their meat, their milk, their wool, or their skin. But maybe they were asking, are we just staying up every night, night after night after night, so that other people can eat and keep warm? No, these things might be good, but is there any purpose beyond guarding our sheep? What is the purpose of life? You know, there came a night for those shepherds where they found purpose. Our next slide, Luke chapter 2, verse 9. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. Suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. Now this is total shock. There was nothing that night to prepare them for the appearance of these angels. They never expected it at all. And yet these angels appear with this wonderful announcement. It's first of all a hopeful announcement. Today in the town of David a savior has been born to you. The Messiah, the Lord, a savior born. They're identified as the Messiah whom we know as Jesus Christ. A savior from what? A savior from sin, a savior from failure, a savior from purposelessness. It's a tremendous hopeful announcement. A savior, the Messiah, has been born. It's also a, a groundbreaking announcement. Verse 14, glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. Glory and peace. Glory, because life is, can be so dull and monotonous and purposeless. But now glory breaks into the dullness. Sparkle begins. And peace in a world of wars and rumors of wars and violence and terrorism. Now, these three things gripped the shepherds. The Messiah, peace, and glory. And, and suddenly, they, they found that there was something different in life. Something different from night after night after night after night doing their work. Something different had come. And this had gripped them, these three most wonderful things. The Messiah, glory, and peace. And those three things go together. That it's through the Messiah, Jesus, that we can give glory to God and have peace on earth. They go together. And these shepherds now find this, this ray of purpose beaming into their dull routine. So what do they do? Well, they respond. Our next verse is verse 15. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. They have to find out where this Messiah is, where glory is, and where peace is. 
For into their dull, purposeless lives comes these three tremendous things. The Messiah, glory, and peace. And this is heaven's purpose. Heaven's purpose is to send the Messiah so that glory might be given to God and peace might come to the earth. And the shepherds find the Messiah. Verse 16, so they hurried off and they found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. Well, what was it like? What was that whole scene like? We have our Christmas cards and with uh, the, the, the manger scene on there. But what was it really like? There, the glory of God revealed. The peace of God come to earth. All in the Messiah. And they find him. These shepherds, they find the Messiah. And in finding the Messiah, they can then have this new meaning and new purpose in life of following the Messiah, giving glory to God and spreading peace on earth. Every day for them from now on could be a glory day. Every day now they could be going out to spread peace amongst people because they'd found the Messiah. Well, the shepherds knew what they had to do next. Our next verse is verse 17. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said. Well, they couldn't keep this to themselves. They have a new life. They have a new purpose. This was the night when God's purpose became their purpose. This was the night when their little lives began to be woven into God's big life, big history. The purpose of life had been found by these shepherds. The Messiah, glory to God, peace on earth. And they had to tell people about it. What happened next? We know that they went telling people about this wonderful wonderful find. But what happened next to these shepherds after they went to Bethlehem and after they began telling people about these three things? What happened next? Um, we would think perhaps the shepherds would give up their night job. They would then go on tour as celebrities telling the story of that night. Or, or maybe that they would decide to write a bestseller with the title, From Shepherd to Superstar in One Night. Maybe they would start a shepherd's podcast. Most listened to podcast, perhaps. Or, or maybe they would start a popular YouTube channel with adverts from the butchers of Bethlehem and the haberdashery shops in Jerusalem. Or maybe they'd do a TikTok with millions and millions of watches. But they could have made millions of pounds, couldn't they? telling their story, publishing their story. Or maybe when, when Jesus became a teenager and he wanted to find out about his youth, maybe he went to find these shepherds and, and said, tell me about the birth. My mum's not telling me every, anything. She's just treasuring it all up in her heart. I want to know what's happened. And, and then when I start my ministry, come with me and we'll set up this show and we can have a, like a, a light show, spectacular. What did they do? Where did they go 
next? Well, look at verse 20. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. The shepherds returned. Where? Back to their fields. Back to their work. Back to the monotonous routine of that night duty. Back to exactly what they were doing before. Shepherding the sheep. Guarding the sheep from robbers, predators, and animals. Night by night by night by night, they went back to it. C.S. Lewis wrote this. One's life after conversion inevitably consists in doing most of the same things one has been doing before. One hopes in a new spirit, but still the same things. Oh, yes, the shepherds had the same job, the same situation, the same sheep, the same place, the same pay packet. But something had changed. Situation on earth, maybe, not their job hadn't changed, but something had changed. They themselves were different people. Now they had found the purpose of doing their work. Now they had found the purpose of being alive. The Messiah bringing glory to God and being a peacemaker on earth. They now knew that they had purpose in their existence. The gift of purpose. And that's exactly what you will find and I will find as well. Once you find the Messiah and want to give glory to God and spread peace on earth, then you'll go back to the same routine work, maybe the same miserable boss, to the same lively children, maybe to the same over-demanding parents. You'll go back maybe to that lazy slob of a husband or that dull wife. Maybe you'll go back to the same exams, the same essays, the same assignments. You'll go back to the same school, the same uni, the same home, the same workplace. You'll go back to the same temptations, the same troubles, the same trials. But there's a difference. You will be different. You will have a purpose. You will know that your little story is now woven into God's big story. And you will know like the shepherds that heaven's purpose has become your purpose. And so you'll go about your ordinary everyday routine life and purpose with living for the Messiah. Spreading peace. Bringing glory to God. And we'll be thinking, how can I be a peacemaker in this family? How can I be a peacemaker in this community? How can I be a peacemaker at work? How can I give glory to God? How can I touch this place with a sparkle of glory? How can I do that? But that's why I'm living. That's why I'm doing what I am doing day by day, night by night. I am doing this for the glory of God, which is actually the chief end of my existence. And I'm doing this to spread peace to people. For God wants us to live in peace. Have you got the gift of purpose? What's your life all about beyond just living? Christmas offers us the gift of purpose.
Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the account of the shepherds. We thank you that Luke found this out and that he wrote it down accurately. And thank you that we can follow exactly what happened. And thank you that they found purpose in a purposelessness existence. Help us, we pray, O oh Lord, not just to live, but to have a reason for living. Thank you for your purpose in sending your Son to bring you glory and to bring people peace. May our lives also be about that great heavenly purpose, following the Messiah, bringing glory to God, and bringing peace on earth. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, as you go out to your front line this week, may you do so in the name of the Messiah, Jesus. And in his name, bring glory to God wherever you go. And spread peace, be a peacemaker on your front line. And may God the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit enable us to do so. Amen.